today, and I, I, I titled this sermon Abracadabra, and I thought um, that Abracadabra is just a way for you to, to remember this, because I think in the end, lots of sermons are preached to us, we hear the word a lot of times, and it doesn't really, if you think, if, you, if I have to put you down and say, okay, Give me the most memorable sermons of your life. I think very few of you will probably be able to name more than five. You really have to think to go beyond five. Now, I'm also not putting it to you that I'm going to be one of those five. But I want to, I would like to establish a principle and something that empowers you. And this is something that's been in my heart. And it's connected. Who of you listened to this previous sermon in the previous holiday when there was almost, also almost nobody here? Um, basically, I would, I would appreciate if you can follow me because I'm going to try and explain to you where your authority as a Christian comes from, what authority you do have, and that it's completely legitimate to exercise that authority. Now, abracadabra, the reason why I call it abracadabra is, I don't know why I looked this up, but abracadabra actually comes from a Aramaic word, which is the ancestral language before Arabic and Hebrew. And the actual word was abracadabra. Now, I know some of you that may have read the Harry Potter books, um, J.K. Rowling has actually got a, she actually uh, um, deformed this into abracadabra. Avra which is a, a, relating to a cadaver, relating to a dead body, etc., as a death spell. But we know the word abracadabra comes from magic spells and um, what you'll call an incant- incantation used in magic tricks. Um, historically, it was also believed, if you go and research it, it was used in um, amulets, which is little things that you can hang on. Uh, uh, on a bracelet or put on your body, which people believe could protect you. And abracadabra used to um, signify healing. It had healing properties to it in the past. But what is, un- what, what is so incredible about this word, abracadabra, what it means is, I will create as I speak. Or it came to pass as it was spoken. Now, as you can remember from the previous time that I preached, I'm going to take you back that we serve a God who put everything that's in the universe in place by what He said. And then He created us. He created man. And He said, I create you in my image. So I'm just going to quickly run through that with you to establish it in your heart, to know where that faith comes from. And that I'm not busy with magic spells or wishful thinking. But this is an inheritance. It is something that God has inherently also given to us. But what I would like to do is for you to go to 1 Samuel 17 to start off with. Now, for the children who are listening, also this is the famous story or situation in the Bible where David, the young boy, came out of 
the pastures, came out of the felt. He came from the sheep, and he went to where his brothers were soldiers up against the armies of the Philistines and said to... And when he got there, this young boy was very surprised that all these mighty soldiers that he knew was rattled by this big giant standing on the other side blaspheming the God of Israel. And I just want to put it into... The, whatever pressures you are under at the moment, the, the pains, the pressures, the circumstances that you are experiencing in your life, that is your giant. I just want to frame it for you like that. Each one of us has got our own giant standing in our lives, shouting things at us, blaspheming, blaspheming our God, belittling you and belittling your God and the power of your God. And then this young boy came in 1 Samuel 17, verse 36. We start off with the first thing that David had to do was he had to go and speak to the king, King Saul. This was before there was any trouble. Saul didn't even know that there was a boy called David. And David said to Saul, and this is something that has mesmerized me since I was a young boy, and maybe the way that I can frame it, let me first read it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So, <clears throat> some of you know that I played a bit of rugby during my career, and through your career you go in these step-ups from playing underage rugby, then you have to start playing open rugby, then you start playing provincial rugby, then you start playing international rugby. And although I may be big to a lot of people, probably 99% of the cases I was actually the smaller guy in the contest. Every time I went there, you read and you see this guy weighs 20, 30 kilograms more than you. He's maybe played 50 games more than you or whatever it is, or he's got a big name. And in that situation, it was my, my little Goliath. But it was, God has put this scripture in my heart for a long time. And Nicolene can also tell you, it's something that I always remember, that God sometimes wants to remind you. And this is, the, this is where faith... And the experiences of our life come together. Where sometimes we have to ask, why do we go through experiences? Because some of you are in the process of killing the bear at the moment. And some of you are in the process of struggling with the lion. But I want to say to you that there will come a day when you face, when you face Goliath, that you are going to say, I have faced the lion and the bear, and the God delivered me out of the hands, out of the paws of the lion and of the bear. And it is a good thing to remember, because you are being trained up through circumstances and through your walking with God to have the faith in that the killing of the bear and killing of the lion will lead to the killing of the giant. And the killing of the giant is the deliverance of the nation. It's the deliverance 
of your family is the crux of unlocking what would David have been if he did not kill Goliath? It was the unlocking of his destiny. Prepared when he, when nobody saw it, he killed the bear and the lion somewhere in a cave or somewhere out in the field where he was shepherding. So, I just felt that God, it is a crazy, this is a crazy thing, but God just said to me, remind you, if you are sitting here today and you say you are a Christian, I want to remind you what you believe. If you're a Christian, you believe that Jesus died and He rose again, that there was resurrection power. Has any of you seen a man die and live again? I want to say to you, you believe that Jesus died and He rose again. If you sit here and you say you're a Christian, you believe that Jesus Christ walked on this earth and then supernaturally He was taken up with a cloud of glory. Have you ever seen that? But you believe that. Have you ever seen Jesus sitting on the right hand of God? But I want to say to you, as a Christian, that is what you believe, that Jesus is sitting in the heavenly realms on the right hand of the Father. I want to say to you, if you are sitting here and you're saying a Christian, you are believing that God is sovereign. God is the ultimate power over everything. If you're a Christian and you're sitting here today, you say God has created you in His image. That's what you believe. That's part of the package. It's not, it's undebatable as part of the Christian package. This is supernatural faith, people. I want to say this is bigger faith than believing healing for your toe or getting a job. This is, this is massive. We also believe that the Spirit of the living God, the all-powerful God, is in us. It is in you. The Spirit of the living God is in you. What is also incredible is, you know, as a Christian, you know the end. You know the end of all things. Do you know that? Do you realize that? Do you remind yourself of that? In the end, God will conquer all powers of darkness, will be put in the pit away, and we will reign with Him in heaven. Amen. We will be with Him in heaven. That is how it's going to end. Maybe the circumstance now feels like hell. Maybe the circumstance now feels you are underneath. But you will reign forever. So we know where we are going, and I want to remind you of that. Because sometimes life can bring you to the place where you're not sure where you are. So I, I said I'm going to establish it. I'm going to do it as quickly as possible because it is holiday. So the first part then is Genesis 1 verse 2 and 3. Remember last time I said I got born again on Genesis 1 verse 2 and 3. I'm the only person probably in the history of Christianity that got born again in the first, two, in the first three verses of the Bible. But... We said, maybe just quickly, I'm going to read it very quickly. The earth was without form and void. And I want to remind you, whatever circumstance you have, maybe you feel like you are void and without form. Whatever the circumstance in your life may be, may feel void and without form. 
Maybe this person you are praying for, maybe it looks like it, there's darkness. And it says here, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. That was the beginning of creation. God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And then if you want to go in your own time, and you go read through the whole of Genesis 1, God says ten times, ten times it says, And God said, Form the stars, the animals, separate the waters. And as he said, as he spoke, that's how it happened. Now I want to connect that, what God did, with you. In Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28, God said, Okay, now, you've just seen. I've done all of this, and I've spoken it. And the angels are the witnesses of that. So now, Genesis 1, verse 26 then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. Over all the earth, and over every creeping, moving thing that creeps on the earth. We've been given authority over everything that moves on this earth after God created everything. And last time I said, it means... Bacteria, it means disease, it means everything that moves, it means demonic spirits, everything that moves on this, on this earth, you have got authority over that. You were given it right in the beginning, and I'm just going to bring some theology in a little bit later just to, to clarify that. But what is important here is let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God is referring with the two hours, our image, our likeness. He refers to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All the characteristics of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit has been given to us. We were created in, in that image, image. And that means a way to hear, see, but also to speak. So, we are God's kingdom agents now on earth to let His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. To subdue, to rule the earth. To subdue and to rule the earth. Like the British Empire ruled over the whole earth, so we are supposed to rule with righteousness. Okay. But this is Old Testament. Maybe you sit there and say, but Corbus, this is, this is hardcore Old Testament stuff you're talking about now. So let's connect this now. This authority and the dominion and you being in the likeness of God, let's connect that with the New Testament and what Jesus did. And remember, he says, we know now that after this, Adam and Eve sinned. But I want to put it to you now. What, what we believe is that Jesus reestablished this. And that all this authority that I've just spoken of, we who have that, Again, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, there you go to Matthew 28. Speed preaching. <clears throat> Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying... In my Bible, this is in red when Jesus speaks. He said... All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Remember, this is a fact now. You're a Christian. 
Jesus is speaking. He says, this is not theology or anything else. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus transferred his authority to us to use his name as a stamp, as a badge, as a uniform that we wear. So, I just want to give you an example. Mark 16, verse 17 is a good example of that. It's just one of many, and I, I don't want to focus on, last time I, I focused on principalities and powers and all of that. I'm not going to talk about our dominion over principalities and powers and, author, and, and authorities. We have, I just want to focus on this scripture here, Mark 16, 17, where Jesus said, again, this is Jesus talking. He says, in verse 15, he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, and he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And then he says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. So I just want to say, we, I cannot say demon come out. Or I cannot say mountain move just because I've got no authority. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in the name of Jesus Christ, we can bring order to this world. The order that God from the beginning wanted to establish and establish. In the name of Jesus, we are the agents of God to establish that on the earth. The mighty name of Jesus. But now it gets quite wild. Go, go in your Bibles to John, John 14. John is after Luke. And this is an easy one for you guys to remember because the crux... And I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. But we need to know our Bibles a bit better. We need to know our Bibles a bit better. John 14, 14 is an easy one to remember. But let's start at John 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I have to go to my Father. We have been called to greater works. With this authority of the name of Jesus Christ here on earth. I, I read an interesting thing this week. Do you guys realize, you know, we talk about mission. This is just a side thought. Do you guys know that Jesus ne never went on a mission? A mission trip. Jesus never went out of the borders of Israel outside. Paul and Peter and the others did. But he never went. He just taught them there. It's a very interesting thing for me. It's also maybe a very good argument when sometimes people say to you, but I've never read that Jesus did that. There's many, many things. <coughs> Excuse me. There are many things that the disciples did and that Paul did that Jesus never did. It's an interesting thing to remember. Just another thing that I can think of. Jesus never wrote anything. He didn't write it a book in the Bible. He is the Word. But I just want to say, so you know, to say, if Tim comes to me and says, Corbus, I feel I want to write a book. I said, no, Tim, I don't think you should do it. I never saw that Jesus wrote a book. You know, sometimes some people have got these simple, simplistic arguments. But I want to leave it, what I want to leave with you 
is that Jesus said, we will do greater things. We will do greater things. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, this is a very difficult thing. I, my partner and I, we've had a business now for two years. Every Monday morning, we pray together, for sometimes up to two hours. And we've been talking about this thing, what can we ask for? And what can we ask for in Jesus' name? And what is right? And I'm going to try and answer that in, in where we're going now. Because remember abracadabra. As you've spoken, so it happened. And I want to challenge you today. How are you, what are you speaking in your daily life? What are you saying to your spouse? What are you saying about your children? What are you saying about your boss? What are you saying about the pastor? What are you saying about the church? What are you saying about yourself? You're basically prophesying over people that you love, and you're prophesying over yourself. Fortunately or unfortunately, God has given you that authority. But the, the reason for preaching is to remind us really just about what, what is here. That's what I'm trying to do. You, you are all, I, know, I know almost everybody that's here today. We are all Christians. That's why, that's why Anne gives me the holiday session, not to offend any unbelievers. <laughs> No, I'm joking. But I want to put it to you that as a Christian, I want to remind you that you have got the most incredible power in the name of Jesus. And I call it, I don't want to call it unbelievable. I want to call it, you've got power that is unfathomable. You know that they are, this week I read something on the creationist web, website, that they are discovering new planets now in galaxies, and the theories, what they are finding now is that there are stars with planets around them. And so now, these guys cannot explain it anymore. And I tell you, the bigger the telescopes are going to become, the more problems the scientists are going to have, especially the evolutionist scientists, are going to have to explain things that are outside of their theories. That's how incredible our God is. He is unexplainable. His power is unfathomable. So you may ask me, so Kubus, what must I do? Now I want to say to you, I believe that the first thing is we are different. We are all different. But I want to name you the, the things, how you can speak and bring life. If, how you can bring the truth of this word and the relationship that you have with God and the testimony of what God has done in your life. Because that's three things. This is a testimony. This is the testament of the, of the old covenant and the testament of the new covenant. Collectively, it is one testament of what God has done as well. It is a, it is a testimony in the form of a prophecy of what is going to happen. And my life needs to mirror that, and is also, there is a testimony in my life. There's a testimony in your life. All of that, we can bring forth. 
with our mouths to praise God and also to replicate that. So that's what I'm going to say. So you can just say it. You can praise it. You can, you can worship. You can prophesy. You can just read the word aloud. You can confess it. You can declare it. That's what I po- talked about the previous time. Declaration. Decla- declaring the greatness. <coughs> Excuse me. Declaring the greatness of God. So, and then again, while I was preparing this week, God took me back to something, and God just, I just felt what God said to me is that we don't know the many facets of Him, of His personality. How many of you have studied the names of God? I see one or two or three here. You know that God, as God reveals Himself, as he, can, as he reveals, okay, I'll put it this way, in the Bible, God revealed Himself over the course of the Old and the New Testament with new names continually. And these new names basically had showed His characteristics of who He is. If you just read the English version of the Bible, you will just see God did this, or the, the Father did this. But there is a specific name with a specific connotation in the Bible that is used that really puts the power of how He is revealing Himself at that stage to His people or to a person. I want to say to you that as God revealed Himself to Israel, God also wants to reveal Himself to you who He is. We come from different circumstances. I mean, again, all of you are are Christians here. You know that the way that you've been brought up has got an impact on your life. The way that your father fathered you has got an impact on your life. The way that your mother mothered you has got an impact on your life. It's got an impact on the way that you see God. If your father fathered you with a stick, you think God has got a stick in His hand. If your father was not present, you maybe think that God is not present in your life. There's, I don't want to go into much depth. But I want to give you a couple of names of God, just the well-known ones. And I want to ask you, do you know God in this way? And again, it's, this is just an encouragement for you to go out this week and go and discover that, go and seek it in the Bible. I can tell you now, if you type in any of these names on the Internet, just on, 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 on uh, Google, Google will give you 50 million references just for that name that you can go and research. Adonai, great Lord, master, total authority, the God of total authority, used in Psalm 8. El Shaddai, God Almighty, almighty in your circumstances. Psalm, that's, that, Psalm 90, that beautiful psalm is of God being the eagle and us being under the, under the shadow of His wings. That eagle there with the shadow of his wings, that is God Almighty, El Shaddai. That's how he reveals himself. Elohim, all-powerful, the creator. Psalm 68, you have created me beautiful, created me in my mother's womb. That is, that is, that is um, Elohim. <coughs> Immanuel, 
Immanuel is when you drive and you feel lonely, when the day has battered you, when you just feel you are not, where are you? You say, I serve Immanuel. I serve Immanuel, God with me. God with me. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha is the healing God. That is what we speak when we pray for healing. We say, I name you. I, I know you. I know you as the healing God, Jehovah Rapha. And you can go on. Jehovah Jireh is the is Lord, the Lord will provide. That is God. God has literally revealed him. This is how God revealed him to Abram. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that will provide. Jehovah Nisi is Lord is my banner, the victory. Jehovah Shalom is the God of peace. When you're out of it, when you feel your work is too much, when circumstances at home is too much, whatever, the wedding planning is going berserk, you say, Yahweh Shalom. Yahweh is God, Shalom, peace. You are the God of peace. I worship you now. You are the God of peace. In you, in you I will find the peace. Okay, but... I want to come back to David. God, David knew another God that I would like you to introduce you to. I spoke about it the last time. Some people commented on me, and I want to just expound a little bit on that. Expand a little bit. If you go now to 1 Samuel 17, 45. So it's just... One Samuel 45. Then David said to the Philistine. This is now, remember the first time we just said what he said to, he said to Saul, listen here, I killed a lion and a bear. I'll do the same thing here. God is going to help me. You know, the ants showed things about Muhammad Ali. You know that Muhammad Ali before fight said, I'm going to knock him out in the fourth round and then knocks him out in the fourth round. And the next one he says, I'm going to knock him out in the sixth round and then he knocks him out in the sixth round. Michael Johnson, the 200 and 400 meter athlete, many times he said, he went to the Olympics in Atlanta in 96 and he said, I'm going to win a gold in the 200 and the 400. And he did it. That's incredible pressure for yourself to put in yourself. But sometimes in life, this is maybe arrogant examples of that. But I want to say to you that there's a little boy here that knows his God. He found his God and that God is with him. He found him when he was shepherding sheep. And he just transferred that when he was facing the giant. And he said to the giant, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And then he said to him how he was going to die. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. He said it, he knew what was right. He in his heart, he knew God. He's God's agent here on earth. And he said how it's going to happen. You are a Christian. You are God's agent here on earth. There are certain circumstances that you know is wrong. It is not right. There's no way in making it right. In your spirit, you know what is right. And that is when you need to say it. 
whether you, you say it through scriptures that you know, or whether you just say, this day, this will change. This thing will change in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is how it will change. In the name of Jesus Christ. And this Lord of hosts, this Lord of hosts is called Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the armies, the Lord of hosts. This is the Lord sitting on the horse, the battle, the one who's sitting in the heavenly rears and battling. And that is when we need to, that is where we pray to God, to the Lord of hosts, that He will come in and make a way where there needs to be a way. And all of us sitting here today know there are places where there needs to be a way, where things are not right. It is wrong. And we need to pray in the name of Jesus Christ that that will come to pass, that heaven will come to earth through the Lord of hosts. I just thought I'll, I'll, I'll put this in because I'm going to finish up now. In, in Romans 12 verse 3, it says, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So maybe you think I'm crazy and I'm going down on a tangent. I want to say all of you have been given a measure of faith. But faith also needs to be exercised. It's like a muscle. So it's almost like Tox and me. I've got a bigger frame than Tox, but both of us can practice our muscles. Maybe in the greatest schemes of things, at my max, I can lift something bigger than he would be at his max. But what is the great thing about it is God has given you everything with your faith to do and to face the challenges that is in your life. There are some of you that face much greater challenges than I've ever faced in my life. We should not never compare ourselves. Each one of us are individual. Individual anointings, individual callings. Each one of us has been given a measure of faith. But we need to exercise it. And I'm going to finish off with quite a deep scripture to tie it all, to tie it all off. And to, um, you know how God works with me. I, since I was very young, I talked too much. But in a very strange way, my grandmother, can I tell you how many teachers my grandmother and many people said, one day you will preach and um, I don't really see, but I, God has also always said to me, I many, there's been many times when I wanted to stop uh, working or playing rugby or whatever and thought I had to go into ministry and then every time God said, that is not what I've called you to do, but you're going to preach. You're going to preach, but you're not going to be in ministry. But the other thing that God has been doing with me is when I talk sometimes, the truth just comes out, truth that I didn't know. I know it happens to you as well. Sometimes you speak to somebody. Your heart is to help that person. Maybe Tim, that you speak to young people quite a bit. But sometimes people come to me with advice. I actually don't have the answer. And while I'm speaking to the person, something comes out. I've, I haven't thought about it. But God has just used that circumstance to speak it. And I speak it, and then I realize it. 
and then I speak it even more into that person's life because I know it didn't come from me. God has given me that word. I speak it over you now, and I confirm it in your life. It's part of the power that God has given us to change lives and circumstances to let His kingdom come in people's lives. But I want to take you to where it all ends, the beginning of the end, which is just the start. In Revelation 19, verse 10. And this is just actually before the, the whole vision of the, the, the um, white horse. And the, where it is in, in Revelation is where John is standing in front of the angel and he wanted to, he wanted to start worshipping the angel And, um, and, I fell, and I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I just want you, it's the last two minutes, then we finish. Um, the word prophecy in the Greek comes from two words, pro and femi. And pro means before or in advance, speak in advance. So it can mean to proclaim God's word, to prophesy. It can also be um, declaring God's word that we just said. That's part of prophesying. God, this is what's God's, what is God's will. This is God's power in this situation. But I want to say to you also that Prophecy is everything written or spoken of what Jesus has done. That is the spirit of prophecy. So it is not just the prophecy of the prophetic things in this book of Revelation. The prophetic is not just a prophet speaking what's going to happen in the past. The prophetic is also for me to testify out of my life, and then believing. And, pro- and part of that prophecy is always God, that Jesus is central to it. That Jesus, the, po- the name of Jesus made it come to pass. The power of God made it come to pass. Elohim, El Shaddai, He made it come to pass. <clears throat> Creating the atmosphere and the faith and transferring that into the next situation. That is the spirit of prophecy. And so when you ask, so the question that that many people ask, where it says, whatever you ask in my name, I want to say to you, if if Jesus is central to it, if it is born out of the centrality of Jesus, then I say, pray it, ask it, believe it in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no law against that, I want to say to you. The root word in Hebrew of of prophecy literally means, sorry, the root word of the word testimony in Hebrew means to do again. To do it again. So when I pray, when I preach, and when I share my testimony, that's why testimony is so powerful. Because when people testify, "I've I've had a club foot and now my foot is straight. Somebody else can sit there and say, I take that. I take that in Jesus' name. 
God has done it for him, he can do it for me. And I've seen these things powerfully work in my life. I mean, one of the, the, the biggest testimonies I can say to you is that I had a very um, public court case in South Africa in 2001, which was central to my character. And I had to go on the most watched documentary program in South Africa called Card Blanche. And I said on the program in January, I said, in the end of April, I will be found not guilty. And I will play rugby again for South Africa. And on the 26th of April, that is how it happened. And I can tell you of other circumstances, that is on on tape. (laughs) That's not something that you can make up. Do you know how many people wrote to me after that? It was even covered by Christian magazines or whatever. The world needs people that say, this is how it's going to be. This is how it will be. Because that is what is righteous. That is how we know. We've prayed about it. We know that is how it's going to be. I didn't say that wishy-washy. I said that from a conviction in my heart that came out of a prayer life that I knew what God's heart was. And so I want to remind you that the reason why I've given you all these names of God is that God's character doesn't change. God remains faithful. He remains almighty. We may ask questions And I can assure you that Nicolene and I have got lots of questions after five months almost of house hunting and a lot of other decisions why we do not get an answer. But I want to say to you that as long as you can keep on confessing who God is in a circumstance, the longer you can keep on believing in the authority that you have and the power of the name of Jesus Christ. That is the test. That is the bear and that is the lion that needs to be killed on your way to slaying the giant, which is fundamental on the road of the destiny that God has for you. And each one of our lions and bears and giants look different in our lives. And part of what I've preached now, I want to remind you, and it is something that I've done. Who of you have still got the word that Helen brought earlier this year? So, you realize that I didn't preach into anything prophetic specifically that you need to prophesy or speak. The whole Bible is full of the blessings of God that you can go and look at. I feel God, I feel, and my experience in the UK has been that people do not know their scriptures. They don't know the word. And if you don't know the word, you don't know what God can do for you. You don't have the weapons. You're going into warfare with no weapons. But also, when you fail, when you do not know what to say, just go to the word and read it aloud and speak it over your life. When it says, and God will bless Israel, then you, write, then you say there, and, and the Lord will bless Talks and his family, because that is, it stands here, I claim it for my family as well. Just use the Holy Spirit. There's some things that, obviously prophecies for Jerusalem and so on, that you didn't, don't, don't start going into a song of, song of songs and so on. Anyway. But I want to say to you that this is a word that God has given to us. 
at least two or three times a week, I read through these scriptures, and I prophesied over the church, I prophesied over Aunt and Helen, I prophesied over my house, I prophesied over my business, I prophesied over people that I know. God has given us this word. This is a powerful word. This is the word for our church. And I want to say to you, if we collectively and individually, in the name of Jesus Christ, use our authority and advance this word that God has given to us, it will come to pass.